podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Right, hi everyone. We're here today to do a one of our reviews on the South Wales Premier Cricket League this time. And our guest today is head coach of Swansea, Brad Wadland. Good to see you, Brad. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. And once again, joining me as always, Hugh Newsom, King of the Stats when it comes to Premier League Cricket. How are we doing, Hugh? How are we doing? Great to see you again, mate. Hey, we're with Brad Wadland. Who could be better than the head coach of Swansea Cricket Club who won the South Wales Premier League? And as of yesterday... That's when we're recording this because it's going to go out a little bit later. Head coach of Wales in the National Counties. How's that feel, Brad? Yeah, it's uh, it's great to finally get it out there. Um, really, really pleased to be named as head coach. Uh, grateful for the opportunity and um, looking forward to it moving forward. Definitely. I'm sure we'll be talking to you a lot more about the NCCA during the season and something we're going to be following very closely ourselves. But let's get into the South Wales Premier League in 2023. So your team, Swansea, you won the league and we'll go through what happened there very shortly. You beat Newport into second place and Cardiff into third. So three big, big towns and three big, big clubs down there in uh, South Wales. Down at the bottom, uh, Port Talbot have been relegated together with, let's get this right, Ernest Towie. That's correct. There's a bit of a, a humdinger down the bottom, though, with Neath and Ammonford only one point ahead of Ernest Towie. Um, you have four teams going into that last couple of weeks, and it could have been anyone's really, couldn't it? Tell us, Brad, you know, in that season at Swansea, what stood out for you? Any What were the surprises or uh, any clubs that you thought didn't expect them to be there or the other way around? Um, yeah, I, th- I think it was a... Um, it got voted in this time last year that two up, two down. And actually, the, the team that brought that to the table was Anas Tawi, oh. uh, the newly newly promoted side to, to the league. So they brought that to the table. It got voted in. So in fairness to them, you know, they they they, they brought that to the table. And unfortunately, last day of the season went, went down by one point. But oh. for me, it, it, it made... It made the South Wales League very interesting going into mm-hmm. that final week. So we were 15 points clear and we were rained off against Ammonford. Yeah. So Ammonford yeah. were down the bottom as well. So we were rained out five points each. So Newport had to collect 20 points uh, yeah. against Neath in that last game of the season. And I mean, Neath before that last game had only won two games all season. Um, so we we were sat there watching it on the TV, on the, on, on the link. And Newport were bowled out, I think, for about 190 or just missed out on their two batting points, which meant... For us, we, we we knew we were Premier League champions. Yeah. And I think that actually filtered into Neath's benefit because Neath hit then uh Newport while they were down. Right. Uh, realizing that they couldn't realizing that Newport couldn't win the league. I think and Neath ended up chasing that two hundred down relatively easy and actually stayed up. So it actually gave Neath the opportunity to go out there while Neath were down and, and sort of put them down a little bit more. Um, so, so you were quite thankful of the efforts of your Wales NCCA colleagues, Rich Edwards and Tom, Tom Bevan then? Absolutely. Rich got a very good complimentary message from me that, that evening. So yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> he took three for 41 and Thomas Bevan, three for 10. He did, yeah. I, I was I was texting, but obviously they weren't going to. I was saying, get Bevs on earlier, get him on earlier, get him on <laughs> earlier. They, yeah, they timed it well. Say he doesn't bowl that often, as I don't think, does he? To get three for ten that quickly, uh, which he made up for the fact he only got four in that innings anyway, uh, in that game. But yeah, you know, I'm just looking at the scores there. 
Neath 199 for seven after 43 overs, having bowled uh, Newport out for 196. That was a tight game, wasn't it, as well, to run down to that? It was absolutely. And I think it was one of those games where Neath had to win to stay up. So they they they, they had to literally play a certain tempo to make yeah. sure they got the win. And I, I think in that if they'd lost one more wicket, I think they would have lost another point. So then it would have wow. gone on head-to-head between three different teams. What yeah. an end of the season. We've had a few close calls through the through the leagues that we've looked at so far, Q, but I think that's probably getting as close as anything, isn't it? One of the one of the closest, yeah. I mean the league sort of top to bottom, two forty nine at the top. Uh one oh seven at the bottom, but that doesn't tell the picture, it's that one thirty. Yeah. So yeah, in terms of you know, the closeness of the league, if you if you ignore Port Talbot who is sort of well well adrift, you know, the rest of the league actually very, very tight. I think probably affected by what appears to be and we all suffered through it, uh, not the best <laughs> summer in uh, in recorded history. Yeah, there was quite a I'm looking down the list there. Swansea with four games cancelled, Newport three, Cardiff with five, Bridge End with three. Uh, yeah, to be fair, Cardiff there with five. That makes a difference, doesn't it? That you know, we had a similar situation up in our own Derbyshire league where Spondon had four yeah. of the first five games cancelled, and you, you're done for then, aren't you? When that happens, and you know, for, for Cardiff to lose more games than that, Ammonford, to be fair, came in eighth place in your league with seven cancelled games. It's, it's an it's an interesting one because there's there's certain grounds. I'm sure that it's the same in every league where if you get bad weather, they're, they're difficult drying grounds. Yeah, and, and I mean, you, you know, if you've got a bowl, for example, if you're if your grounds in a bowl and it rains, you, and the summer we had, I mean, April from from memory, pre-season was pretty much a washout. We we didn't get many games in, and then yeah. the last month of the season was quite similar. So the, the start and the end. Were wet months, and I think a lot of the grounds, in fairness, did did extremely well. It, what a stat would be interesting to see: the, the games played, how many of them would have been rain affected, uh-huh. how many games would have been reduced overs, or, or because the weather would have played such a huge part in a lot of league cricket. It, it, it would have been quite interesting. Well, my yeah, friend yeah. Hugh did a stat. I think it was August, wasn't it? We looked at it, Hugh. Yeah, it? I'm planning on following it up actually. But yeah, it, it was the joint worst summer yeah. for since 2012 20 years. Yeah. Well, it was no, it was the worst since 2012. But there was there was three three bad ones, and one of which I moved abroad just after. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I may well I am considering uh, my options this this winter with the weather we're having at the moment as well. Well, but, I, rem- uh, I remember it very clearly at that point at the end of July, 25 percent of Premier League games had been cancelled around the country yeah. versus two and a half percent the same time. Yeah, I think, I think that was the, the problem was the contrast, wasn't it? But yeah. I mean, it's got so bad now. I run indoor cricket teams and I had to cancel an indoor cricket match the other day. So of it's, yeah, because of the weather. Yeah, because it was too, we couldn't get, we couldn't get to the, the venue. It was just, I mean, that, that, That's so, called hashtag cricket in the United Kingdom. Well, it's just, yeah. I <laughs> mean, no the reason we play indoors is so we can, Playing the rain, so anyway. Let's look at those top batters in the South Wales Premier League there. you got the, got those numbers up for us, Hugh. I have indeed, yeah. Uh, so, Jerry Lawler, top. I mean, again, the numbers aren't particularly high in terms of total runs, 626 runs, but very few people made it past sort of 10, 11, 12 games. I mean, the mm. most I'm seeing here is 15. That's one one player True. in the top 10s actually, actually played 15 games. Everyone mm. else has played 14, 11, 12. Callum Taylor, 522 runs at 87, only played nine games. Really, really, yeah, really, really tricky, uh, tricky conditions. But yeah, so it's been a... <clears throat> been a particularly difficult year but in terms of actually the averages Jeremy Lawler seven, averaging 60 Thomas Baker averaging 60 Callum Taylor averaging nearly 90 Morgan Bevans <coughs> averaging 43 and then Asa Tribe is it Asa Tribe? Asa Tribe uh, of Jersey yeah, yeah. 
um, 486 runs in 11 games at 70. Uh, and he's quite a young young lad, isn't he? Um, I he, think he, he yeah, he, he's someone that we, down at St. Helens, he got 99 against us. Wow. And he, he looked, it's the first time I'd seen him play. I'd, I've heard quite a bit about him, but never never seen him play. And he, and he looked a different class. He, he looked as if he had all the all the tools. You know, when you look at someone and he, we've we've probably Swansea have arguably got the quickest attack in the mm-hmm. league, and he and he played our seamers very very comfortably, and we we got three thirty nice. against Cardiff, I think, or three twenty against Cardiff that day. And I think when he got out, they were two sixty for six in about the forty third over. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up winning, but it, it was one of those where if, if he had batted another four or five overs, he potentially could have took that game away from us. But we we thankfully got him out and managed to come out on top. But I think that the thing for him, and he's obviously signed a contract earlier this week, he's adaptable. So as you've yeah. seen in the European Cup, he, he's, he's got 100 in the T10 yeah. or 200s, I think he might have got. And then he, he, he's got 100 in T20 cricket for Glamorgan seconds. He's got 100, 200s in three-day cricket. One was saving the game. So he's adaptable. He, 100 off 300 balls trying to save a game. And then yeah. again, 100 in a T10. Is, as a 19-year-old, he, he's got something you know, about yeah. him. And he, he's well, even more annoying because he bowls as well. And, and he, he keeps <laughs> yeah. as well. So he, he's, the, he's, the full, he's the full works. All, all at the same time. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think when you look at these guys that are sort of putting these big averages together, the one thing I often look at is the strike rate. Mm. And if they're able to hit the big averages and strike, you know, close to 100, which he's doing, he's striking at 93. Shows you that real, real quality. You know, they they are hitting good balls for four. They're not having to sit and wait for bad balls to be bowled. They're hitting good balls for four and six. So, yeah, a terrific, terrific performance from him. Brad, you're down there, number seven in the Premier League averages. Possibly a slightly disappointing year for you in terms of average in, in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the first year in probably seven or eight years where my average has been below 50. So very, very disappointed. But the icing on the cake is that we won the league. For me, I'd rather have a have a poor season individually and the team come out and win. Yeah. Um, yeah. In previous years, we've we've been runners-up two years in a row. So we were second in the league two years in, in, on the bounce. And then, you know, to win the league, I, I, I'm more than happy taking a, <laughs> taking a bit of a hit for us for us to win. You, I mean, you weren't disappointing in the end, double CA though, weren't you? I mean, you hit a lot of runs there, so you saved your your, your worst form <laughs> for your club. <laughs> I, yeah. And interestingly, in that top ten in the Premier League, you have got the highest strike rate. You're the only one over a hundred. Yeah, right. yeah, okay. yeah. So maybe you were just trying to go a bit too hard at it. And <laughs> last last year, you averaged nearly sixty-five, a strike rate of one hundred and twenty-five. And how yeah. how far towards the end of the season was the competition between you and Mister Hemp to get the most runs for Swansea? It's funny because Hemp Hempy's uh, very statistically driven, so he he would have one hundred percent known how exactly many what he needed. <laughs> you know, he would have hit a four and gone right. That's me. X amount ahead of Brad, or ah. um, no, Cam. He's in fairness, he's quite a relaxed character, very chilled out. Yeah. Goes about his business as, as he does. He's very talented. He's he's got something about him. I think he he's just trying to find out where he is at the moment as a cricketer. Yeah. Is he an opening batter or is he a middle order batter? And I think once he gets that clarity, I think he'll he'll be like a, a Sam Young, where he's got that potential ability to just mm-hmm. explode. So we're looking forward to having Cam back. Uh, next year again for his third season and I think he's in he's back in Australia now actually yeah. I think he's revving up for Paran in the Victorian Premier League so this will be his right. second full season playing Premier Premier cricket so right. which is good stand, that's a great standard down there isn't it yeah definitely definitely tell me in your league what's the score when it comes to overseas how many overseas players do we get well it's it's, it's an interesting one because I, as as the league rep Every year for the last two years, I'm I'm big on overseas players. I think they make such a difference in in. They in add value. 
uh, massively, and, and not just on the field. They, you, you know, in terms of coaching, helping on the ground, helping behind the bar, um, being a role model for youngsters. There's so much for me that they give rather than negative. And unfortunately, at, at the current stage, our league don't allow overseas players. Right. Um, and me, me being stats as well, looking this up, I think we're we're one of four four ECB Premier Leagues in the whole of the UK that don't have overseas players. I did I did do a poll eighteen months ago and I, I put it out on Twitter and I did a private poll for clubs and it, it was ninety four percent four overseas players out of a, a vote of seven hundred and eighty people I think voted. And then in house we had twenty captains, so Prem One and Prem Two. Yeah. I created a WhatsApp group. And we did a vote, and that was 17-3, four okay. overseas players. So all of these numbers have been taken to our league, and you know we, we we are trying to push it. And in fairness to our league, they are, you know, they do listen and they do take things in into account, and they do move things forward. But you know, that's one thing at the moment that I think mm-hmm. we are missing that would make our league cricket a lot better. It just it just takes that strength from where it is now, which is really good, up another level, doesn't it? Oh, completely. And we we Swan, Swansea we. We had a good year in T Twenty cricket, and we got through to the national semi final. Yeah, and I mean, we in the in the last thirty two, we played Saint Austell, and we got two hundred and twenty in our twenty overs. But their overseas player bowled four overs, three for seventeen, and he scored eighty four. Mm. And then we played Bristol, yeah, um, and they had Josh Shaw, uh, the Gloucester uh, bowler, and an overseas spinner, and we beat Bristol. Then we played a team from we played a team from Birmingham, Harborn, yes. Yeah, we played them, and the opening batsman, he's only 17 years old, and I can't think of his name. He's from the UAE. Uh, he's just signed a one-year contract. He played all the Royal London games for uh, Warwickshire this year. Kai Smith, and he he got 33 off 11 balls. And look, a different cricket, like 17-year-old against arguably the best attack in Wales. He was hitting sixes off the back foot over mid-on, mid-off. He looked incredible. But we got him out, and then their overseas player came in. We got him. Out. Then we went to Wimbledon, and it was like, you know, in terms of where we were, we we were forty five for one or four, and ended up scraping up to one twenty five, I think, which was never enough. But like, you look, I looked at that Wimbledon team, and you got Nick Welch, who's outstanding cricketer. He's just made his debut for was Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe yeah. as, a, as as their overseas or well, as an overseas player. Um, they had a guy from Canterbury who played a hundred first class games, batting at number five. Yeah, you know, the levels are different. I said this to our the league chairman who was there. We're we're competing against these guys, but we've got no right to to be on the same yeah. field as, as these teams that are. Able. I mean, when you've got eighteen full time coaches at Wimbledon, and you've got a first team and a second team coach, and you've got an assistant coach, and you've got camera, you, you know, trying to compete with that. I I, yeah. I look at it as the FA Cup, Man City versus a you know a lower league team, and that's so you do realise that the vast majority of that income comes from two weeks of the year when they have a car park there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're quite open about the fact that they've got this wonderful place where they have to move their home games away for two weeks, no matter what. They make a lot of money and it means that they can have a great club. And, and look, they, they, were, they were brilliant. They were brilliant as well. Yeah, um, good bunch I, of lads. I, I played against Wimbledon before, well, seven years ago with Penzance. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same stage, we, we played Wimbledon and, and Wimbledon beat us then as well. But off the field, they're brilliant as well. So, they you know, they come over. They it, As a club, I think, each club's got their different ways. Like Bath's a prime example that you know they make a lot of money in terms of the indoor school, the uh, the car parking for rugby. That yeah. so they're in a similar boat. So you know if you've got it and, and it's there for you, then why why not use it? Yeah, exactly. Is there any Swansea international tennis tournaments on the horizon? Is that um, you know? Oh, we'll, we'll be trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Definitely, definitely. Although they could have, have the biggest sandcastle competition because they're right next to the beach. Aren't they? I mean, yeah. Let's have a look at the, the bowlers in the league then, shall we, Hugh? Yep. So it's uh, Richard Edwards' <laughs> top. Uh, again, these numbers are a long way um, short of what we see nationally in terms of wickets taken. Again, it's just purely on games played, really. 13 games played for Richard, 28 wickets at 15. Uh, Elijah Bulkin, there's a, there's a bit of a, I've just been looking a few of these names up, a uh, bit of a trend for some young bowlers coming through mm. there. So uh, I believe Elijah, under 17. Yeah. Um, he is, yeah. So he's he's a left arm spinner, uh, very yeah. similar to myself. And I, I've I've done a bit of work with him uh, with the under 18s and under 16s over the last two years. He, he's very accurate. He's going to be someone I think long term in terms of Premier League cricket. He's his yeah. name's up there a, a lot. So, sorry, we we talked about these young lads coming in uh, and a few of the other ones we've done. That, uh, and you know, it's very tough coming into Premier League cricket. So to come in 26 wickets, stacking the table, 26 wickets at 18 as an under 17, you know, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And a left arm spinner as well. It, is, it can be daunting when you're playing against, like some of the names then on the batting list. You've got Jeremy Lawler, who's played for Ireland Day, and Glamorgan. Callum Taylor was a full signed Glamorgan cricketer. Morgan Bevan scored 100 against Glamorgan in pre season for Cardiff Uni. So you, you've got a, a lot of very good players. And, mm. and a lot of those guys are middle order batters as well. They're about three to five. So likelihood is Elijah would have been coming on. The likelihood bowling at four, five, six. Seven, that arguably the, the stronger batters. Yeah, fantastic work. Uh, ben Morris, uh, 25 wickets at 18 as well. Um, he's I've got him down as an under 19. Is that right, right time, Seema? That's right, yeah. So he he got a rookie contract with De Morgan last year. Um, he was part of the under 18 side that won um, and made back-to-back finals in the T20 and the one-day final. So he he had a big season. And this was actually his first year playing Premier League cricket because his home club's Abergavenny, who've just been promoted to Prem 2. Mm-hmm. Right, um, right. So Ben had a standing season in terms of league cricket. I think that's that's his first season, and he yeah, he definitely was one of the premier. Brilliant. Uh, and then Majid Elias, I, th- I think that's pronounced. Uh, Twenty-five wickets at nineteen is a right arm leggy, I, I believe. That's and then Rodri Lewis, twenty-four wickets at sixteen. Only ten games there for Rodri. Mm. So um, he's a Berkshire left arm spinner as well, I think. And then just, I mean, the the sort of bowling averages, economy rates, strike rates, all very much up there with the rest of the country. It's just when you're number five on the list, has only been able to play ten games. Ben Morris yeah. only eleven games. Shows you it's been a, a crappy summer, and it's it's not because of unavailability. Just from yeah. swamp conditions. <laughs> you, you talk about those young spinners who are coming through there, Brad. This seems to be becoming a theme, as you said. Is this something that generally you're seeing right now in Premier League cricket down in South Wales, that not just spinners, but that next echelon of 17s, 18s, 19s are starting to break through? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think they, they come in groups and bunches. So I yeah. think, you, like I said, that, that under-18 team from last year that, that, that made the finals, you've you got a lot of very good cricketers there. You've got Ben Kelloway who broke into the Glamorgan team and had a very, very good Royal London mm-hmm. competition. So he he played. You've got Ben Morris who actually made his debut in the Royal London as well for Glamorgan. Uh, Henry Hurl, who got signed earlier this week, was involved. Callum Nichols, very good batsman who, who scored a number of hundreds in, in that year that, that the under-18s won it. So, yeah, they, I think between sort of that age of 17 and 21, 22, they, there's a good group of players now. And I think for me, it, with my Wales National Counties head on, it'd be nice for them to start like kick kick into yeah. the Premier League season with with big scores and, and hit the ground running. I think that's the that's the big thing in South Wales is hundreds for me. When I was younger, that that was what would get you noticed. And I think if these guys could start converting, you know, those 60s, 70s into into hundreds, they, they, they'll go a long way. And is, is this a change, do you think, that's happening across Premier Leagues nationally generally where, let's be honest, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you'd have an average age of maybe 28, 29, 30, 31, 32 for the players. 
plus an overseas or a couple of old pros, are we now just seeing that generally Premier League cricket's getting younger, faster, fitter, the whole works? Yeah, I think so. I, I think um, with pathways now and age yeah. group cricket and, and different things, I think there's more of a uh, more of a, a thing for clubs to force to give opportunities. Otherwise, cl- mm. clubs, I, I've seen it in South Wales, where if youngsters aren't getting opportunities at other clubs, they, they quickly will go and find with their friends where they are getting opportunities. And, and I think it's it's vitally important now at that age, at 16, 17, 18, to be to be playing and understanding what the game's about and, and having a role. And, you know, if you're a batsman and you're batting at seven and eight every week and not batting, you're actually, in my eyes, you, you're not learning. You're, you're yeah. actually in a position. It's good to come in and learn a little bit. But ultimately, at that age, you, you need to be playing. You need to be in the mix yeah. doing it, learning and finding out and failing, but ultimately learning. Absolutely. We've done it exactly that our club where we'd got to the point after 100 whatever years with two teams, we just needed that third 11 as a development 11 to get those under 13s, under 14s, under 15s playing right at the bottom of our league at Div 10, but playing against adults and starting yeah. to get that experience and build it. And you know, to be fair, they came second in the division and they were really happy with that. But they're the first to admit those juniors as they've come through that, wow, that's different to playing under 13s on a Monday night. And you've got to learn that way. No, absolutely. And, and and we, Swansea, probably realised that a couple of years ago where our, our youngsters probably weren't good enough at the, at the at that stage to be pushed in. So two years ago, I think the average age of our, our second team was about 31, 32. And very quickly, I, I, I realised that that can't be right. We, we've got to get younger. We finished second that year. Going into the last game, we could have won the second team league or whatever. Well, anyway, the following season, we changed it. We said, no, no, this needs to be a platform for our youngsters to come in. Well, we finished third. So we didn't, do you know what I mean? Those, those youngsters had a full season of yeah, having yeah. a role, batting and bowling. We finished one spot below where we finished the season before with an average age of 31, but our average age was like 20, 21. Wow. So it's incredible then for our youngsters to have that opportunity to play. So it's where, it's where the, shall we say, the older members of your squad will start be looking over the shoulders from uh, Prem 1 going, OK, we know what's coming next, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Should we look at the all-rounders in the South Wales League there, Hugh? What you got on them? So Brad's actually sitting at the top. Top of the all-rounders. Is this the first top. time we've actually spoken to the top all-rounder in the league? That's it, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. He wasn't top last year. Callum Taylor was top last year. 2021. <laughs> he just shut you down there, Brad. <laughs> yeah, no, he was top. top I, was, I was expecting him to be top last year, which is why I looked top in 21, though. Yeah, so combination of wickets and runs in my yeah. half-baked um, bang average algorithm. But Brad, yeah, 452 runs and then at 32, 19 wickets at 19. Uh, Callum Taylor, 500 runs at 87 and 15 wickets at 17. Uh, so you can argue amongst yourselves over that. Um, <laughs> position. Jeremy Lawler, 11 matches. Again, you know, 14 matches, 9 matches, 11 matches. Jeremy Taylor, 600 runs and then 8 wickets at 32. And then Acer Tribe, again, um, 11 matches, 486 runs at 70 and then 14 wickets at 18.57. So, I mean, he's he's really standing out for me. Um, yeah, yeah, really jumping out at the, off the page. But yeah, so those are the top four. Uh, Joseph Vogt ran at the top five, 300 runs and 19 wickets. So 300 runs at 30, 90 wickets at 30 it's, as well. So It may seem a strange question, Brad, but it varies around the country. How important in your league is that all-rounder versus having that quick opening attack which you've got at Swansea versus those top end opening batters how important are the all-rounders oh huge hugely important i think if you if you went through our scorecards this year i think um a lot of our games were won by our number six seven eight 
coming in. Uh, even yeah. nine, George Pritchard, I think, batted nine in most of our games and yeah. ended up averaging around 40 with a striker of about 140, 150. So he, he came in as a, almost like a finisher type type cricketer for us. Mm-hmm. And he's a lot better than a number nine. He, he's, he is a six, probably a five or six in most clubs. But uh-huh. the, the depth that we had, the all-rounder position, I think is so critical because they become two players. And you look at that one player then and you go, well, you offer us what two players would. So mm-hmm. I think Swansea were very lucky to have it. Well, I say lucky, but we were... We were good having three of those guys and opposition teams. Uh, you know, if you look at the last sort of three years, Newport, uh, St. Fagans won it the two years previous than us. But the top three have been quite similar. So it's been St. Fagans, us, Newport, St. Fagans, mm-hmm. us, Newport, us, Newport and St. Fagans finished fourth because they had two games at the end called off. Right. I think each of those three teams have those all-rounders in the middle that control games. And I think yeah. Bridgend have done pretty well probably Bridgend probably had their best year in about four or five years and had Ben Kellaway back at number four or five Tom Baker was the number five he's had mm-hmm. an outstanding year as a wicketkeeper batter so absolutely that that all-rounder position is so so vital in most teams and I'm, I'm guessing from what you said earlier that's an area where if if you get overseas in that's exactly where you're putting them I think a lot of teams would, would would be silly not to get an all-rounder because you know, like I said, they they offer you two two variables where they can affect a game. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you know, if you just go for a gun batter you, on club wickets, you could turn up and be on a low slow wicket, get a bad ball, or, or get a good ball. Whereas you get an all-rounder and you've got the the swing of both. You mentioned. You mentioned Ben Calloway there. Um, he, he topped the all-rounder of the, of the season match award for the South Wales Prem. 39 runs off 44 balls and five wickets in one game. So that's um, Bridge End versus Swansea uh, against you guys. So it a terrific was, performance there from Ben. It was. And Bridge End... Jen turned us over that day and, and you know, we had them. They were actually naught to two when Ben came in in the first over. So, you know, that that wicket was, uh, it, it was a turning wicket, but Ben bowled exceptionally well, but also the tempo that he batted at, he, he, he changed the tempo of the game. So, we you know, they were two down on that first over, but after 10 overs, they were on five and he was yeah, yeah, flying. Yeah. So the tempo of the game had, had changed and he's, he's definitely a name to look out for Ben Calloway because he, you look at his Royal London striker, I think it was 122. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way he bats, it's natural to him. Like he, he reverse sweep seamers, spinners. He, he reminds me a bit of a Tom Banton okay. um, type cricketer. So he's he's one definitely for the future to, to, to look at. Under 19, is that right? He is, yeah. Yeah, 19. Yeah. If you were to give us two or three names for next season, that listeners can look out for in particular. That would be one of them, obviously. Who else would you be looking out for next year in the Premier League from the emerging talents in particular? Yeah, well, I, th- I think the obvious, the other obvious one would be Asa, Asa Tribe. Yeah, um, I think his his rep has gone through the roof, and I, and I feel I feel I feel a little sorry for Cardiff because in our league you, you're allowed two allocated players, and obviously with Henry and Asa being signed now, mm-hmm. that would mean Cardiff have got Kieran Carlson. Prem Sisodia, Henry Hill, and Asa Tribe, which means mm-hmm. they're going to lose, likely lose two of those players, which yeah. uh, it's tough because Cardiff, you know, if they've come through your system and stuff, uh, in my eyes, in my own opinion, I don't think they should be allocated. I think mm-hmm. they, they've come through your junior section. You, you should have them anyway. Yeah. But yeah, look, I, I think Henry Hill is a very good cricketer. He got 100, 110 against Colwyn Bay in, in, in the Welsh Cup off about 70 balls and he played for England under-19s last year at the back end of the summer. And yeah, Rodri Lewis, I, I know he was vaguely touched on in terms of the bowling, but he, yeah. 
he's a very, very good talent. Glenn Morgan have had a good look at him and he he's a genuine all-rounder. So he reverse sweeps, sweeps. He's been part of a very, very successful Berkshire setup for the last, you know, yeah. five years. Um, he would be another one I could break through. We'll make, a, make a note of these names and we'll all be looking at them in sort of July, August next year, Hugh. You, yeah, well, you mentioned Prem's as odd, yeah. There, three games I've got him down for this, this this year, and one of them was 197 not out against Portal, which one of the highest highest scores in the country this season. Uh, and it was just as the weather broke, we just had that lovely run of weather in May June, and uh, he put it to good use. So yeah, three games, 197 not out. Thank you very much. See you later. I am going to say that we only scored 241 runs out of the other, so he didn't score that many. The others did he? Well, I, I mean, you might have got a 50 and a naught, so you'll take it when you. I mean, you know. We've all hit a 50 when we shouldn't have deserved one or taken five for when we shouldn't have. We've all hit 197 not out when we didn't deserve no, it. No, yeah. no, I didn't notice I said hit a 50. I didn't say hit 197 not out. Different class altogether. What, was that the highest score in the league, was it, that, this year? Yeah, by a fair distance, by over 50, yeah. Weren't many higher in the country uh, all season. Tell me, Swansea going into next season, have you got much on the go in terms of what you want to bring into the club? Are you confident in the group that you've got already? Yeah, well, we I, I'm one massively for forward planning. So we, uh, you know, when I first joined Swansea five years ago, we, we had a structured plan of this is where we want to go. This is how we want to do things. This is how, how we want to expand. And season to season, you're going to lose players, players come and, and, and go and think. So we, we knew we were probably going to lose two. Yeah. Uh, but we've signed two. Uh, one's been announced, Will Moore, who's a very talented. He's 19 years old. He's been clocked on the speed gun. There's a couple of videos online of him bowling 84, 85 mile an hour. So he's played a couple of second team games with Glamorgan. Uh, he's at Oxford Uni. So he's he's one that we're really, really excited to have. Yeah. And our other one, who hasn't been announced yet? You will know of him, but I, I can't can't mention him yet. But he, he joined us as well. That I think will add huge value to us with the ball and with the bat at the end of the innings. Um, Chris Chris Gale, yeah, <laughs> he, he's been on the move. Yeah, he's, he's always yeah. on the move. He, um, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> For us, we've we've had the sort of in the last three or four years, we've you know we've won the Welsh Cup twice. We we finished runners up this year. We we lost to Colwyn Bay, so we've made three Welsh Cup finals in a row. Um, we've made the T Twenty Prem final three years in a row. Um, the SWCA T Twenty Cup, which is the local cup, we've won two years, and we've won the Premier League now and been runners up twice. So for us, it's been a very successful year. But ne- next year is is a bit more, a few more youngsters to, to blood in. So you know we've lost two players that are a bit senior, but that gives brilliant opportunity now for a ninety year old to come in and, and another 22 year old who yeah. we think could, could go on and play more professional cricket on, on the on the back of what he's already played and from what you're just saying there it sounds to me as though you're bringing these guys in as well because that national T20 where you've just been on the cusp a couple of times that's where you want to get to by the sounds of things to me yeah absolutely you've you've you've, you've obviously read read my mind quite well there we um the, the national I think the boys we, we had that date the 6th of August for the, the qualifying because in Wales you, you play it and we won it last year so we qualified for it this year if that makes sense yeah, yeah. whereas in other competitions you, you play it in your summer if you win it then yeah. you play then you play we're a year behind if that makes sense so we we play and then we know the following year we're going to be playing in it and the 6th of August which was the games against St. Austell from Cornwall and Bristol from the Wetwell we pre-planned that right everybody's available for the 6th of August let's make sure we attack it and we did and then we knew we were playing Harborn or Wimbledon in that next round so we 
we do pre-plan and we do a lot of training based on mm. how we're the scenarios and stuff so absolutely next year that T20 is something that we will target again Would we regard that as a bit of a um, a cheat do you reckon Hugh you, you make sure you know you're in it for next year so actually you can really plan for that I like that I'm, I'm, I'm all over it Brad I think that's yeah, yeah, a great yeah. idea Absolutely yeah no um, it's you know planning is everything you know being absolutely. well prepared is um, particularly you know it's becoming more and more important in cricket isn't it it's um, definitely pro- proactive captaincy and proactive definitely. management is definitely the way forward yeah. I'm be- be- bearing in mind the South Wales Premier is a, a 50 over win-lose cricket league which means you applaud and we don't have to worry about what bloody format it's in we've now found the difference they plan their T20 for the year after <laughs> so there's always something that's different and that's quite a good one that definitely I'm sure that's who you've been signing players for for, for, the, for going forward and Mr Moore I think will be quite uh, interesting in those games won't he yeah no he, he'll be good and I think he'll have add that, that little bit of firepower where I think in T20 cricket definitely where you know you turn up against teams like Wimbledon and Bath and, and these guys who have got very good cricketers you need that X factor mm-hmm. and I think Will definitely has got that potential X factor to, to go three four wickets in a spell and, and sort of open up open up an end definitely. Hey, listen final question before we, we close this one we started right at the beginning with your new role as Wales head coach you're going to be head coach at Swansea and going to be playing for Swansea I presume again Yeah, how on earth are you going to fit all this in next year yeah, it's going to be going to be a busy year to say the least isn't it it, it, it is going to be a busy year and again um, I think forward planning looking at the diary of where we are I think there was a meeting on Thursday regarding the National Counties fixtures and, and how they roughly look and, and organise so I'll, I'll obviously get that in the diary, get the Swansea yeah. in the diary. There's, you know, high chance this year that I won't be able to play a lot of the Welsh Cup games and mm-hmm. uh, the SWCA T20 games and, and different things due to the Wales fixtures on the Sunday. But I, again, I think what we've built at Swansea in the last sort of three or four years, we, we've got enough of a balanced team now. We've got 14, 15 genuine first team players that would walk in to most, most first teams. Mm-hmm. And then our younger players can actually come in and interact with our first team players and actually learn from them by playing first team cricket. Yeah, But yeah, it, it is a balancing act it is as I said to you off air that I you know there were times two years ago where I'd play Saturday Sunday Monday Tuesday then travel away to be with the 18s for Wednesday Thursday get back Friday and yeah it's just over time you I guess you learn to manage your diary a bit better and manage your family time uh, at the end of the day playing career doesn't go on forever you know we, we can play a bit longer in cricket than other sports but it doesn't go on forever uh, coaching is the future for you clearly without a shadow of doubt otherwise you wouldn't have been made head coach of Wales yeah. and obviously where, where does that take you next week you know it'd be great to watch the journey Brad and see where you go there thanks for your time talking about South Wales Premier we're going to follow up with you in the new year definitely and see what happens with Swansea and one or two of the other guys throughout the league brilliant thanks for having me guys really appreciate it cheers Brad cheers thanks, you. Brad. thanks for listening to the Premier League Cricket Show if you haven't already make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes and stay updated on all the latest news views and discussions from around the Cricket Premier Leagues and be sure to follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram, at TPL Cricket Show, on both. Join the conversation, share your thoughts, and connect with us and your fellow Premier League cricket fans. And hey, if you enjoyed the show, why not show us some love? Leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast platform, as it helps other potential listeners to find us when they're searching for cricketing podcasts. Thanks again for being part of the Premier League Cricket Show family, and until next time, have a good one.
Podcast Network.